Johnny Ive has a knack for designing products in such a way that a consumer, the average consumer out there, will see it as more than what it is. In a lot of cases, they see it as this is how this thing is supposed to look. You see the iPhone, this is how a phone is supposed to look. I mean, we see this with the iPhone 10 a couple of years ago. They put this notch on it to house the front camera system. And the next thing you know, there are dozens of Android devices that start incorporating the same notch look. Apple has a notch because they basically took an Xbox Connect camera and shrunk it down to fit into the bezel of a smartphone. But we see other competitors putting a similar notch in their phones. They don't have the face ID system, but they still want to put the notch on there because that's what people are looking for. Because people, the average consumer, looks at an Apple product and says that's what that product should look like. Look at the iPad. That's what a tablet should look like. You look at a MacBook. This is what a laptop is supposed to look like. And then we see competitors mimicking. It's not that they're mimicking Apple, which most people are going to think. They're just copying Apple. No, they're copying design. And Apple's design is made by Apple's lead designer, Johnny Ive. Welcome to Gear It Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Andrew Edwards, editor-in-chief of GearLive.com. If it's your first time listening, Geared Up is your weekly look at the world of consumer electronics and gadgets. We pull the curtain back. We talk about the biggest stories and devices of the week. Got a few things to talk about today. One big item. I didn't expect this to be that big at all, actually, but a lot of people have been writing me asking about Amazon Prime Day 2019. Now, I believe this is either the fourth or fifth Amazon Prime Day, and I've never gotten this many requests, this many questions about Prime Day, what it is, what should I buy, etc. So we're going to be talking about Amazon Prime Day and a couple of deals that you shouldn't miss if you're into consumer electronics. We've also got Johnny Ive leaving Apple, huge news um, to many people. If you don't know, Johnny Ive is the lead designer and we can still say is the lead designer because he hasn't actually left Apple yet. He's on his way out, though. We'll talk more about that. And then we have the Samsung Galaxy Note 10. I got my invite to the Samsung Unpacked event. We've got details, rumors and leaks about what the Galaxy Note 10 is going to look like and the features that it's going to have. So we'll talk a bit about that. And then at the end of the show, we've got listener Q&A. You guys sent in a bunch of questions, good questions, um, interesting questions. So I'll be answering those later on in the episode. If you have any feedback for me on anything, you can always reach me at Andrew Edwards on Twitter. Andrew is spelled A-N-D-R-U. Over on Instagram, it's just at Andrew. And of course, youtube.com slash gear live. And speaking of YouTube, I just put up a video yesterday where I go over my hands-on impressions of using Microsoft's Project xCloud. If you don't know, xCloud is Microsoft's cloud streaming platform, which allows you to play Xbox games on the go on non-Xbox devices. So for example, you can play your Xbox games streaming to your smartphone, to your tablet. They haven't announced this, but I assume we're gonna see smart TV apps. So if you have a smart TV, you can download an Xbox app and play Xbox games there and even set top boxes. In fact, with the announcement from Apple that the Apple TV is gonna support Xbox One S controllers and Sony PlayStation DualShock 4 controllers, I would not be surprised to see a Project xCloud app released for the Apple TV as well. But again, I went hands-on with Project xCloud. I used it. I used an Xbox One S controller with a Samsung Galaxy S10 Plus. And you can hear about my impressions of what I thought and how everything worked 
in my video over on my YouTube channel. Again, that's youtube.com slash gear live. I will leave a link down in the show notes. But now let's jump into the first story of the day. Let's talk about Amazon Prime Day for a few minutes. What it is, what you should look out for, and what you should avoid as well. Okay, so the first Amazon Prime Day was to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the start of Amazon as a company. That happened in 2015. Here we are four years later about to have the fifth Prime Day. And it's the fifth, even though it's four years later, because 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. So fifth Amazon Prime Day right around the corner. However, it now is going to be two days. So Amazon Prime Day is going to be July 15th and July 16th. So it's a couple weeks away. And what typically happens on Prime Day is a bunch of items across Amazon. It's almost like Amazon's personal Black Friday. Things are discounted. There's a bunch of gold box deals. There's all day deals. There's deals that last just for an hour. And this year, which is not something I've seen in the past, this year there was also Amazon Prime Day launches, which means companies are actually launching new products in conjunction with Amazon Prime Day with deals built in. Not all of these have deals, but a lot of them do. So it'll be the first time you can buy specific products anywhere on Amazon Prime Day. Now, what's interesting is as I record this episode, it's July 3rd. Tomorrow is July 4th. Prime Day is the 15th and 16th. And yet there are Amazon Prime Day lead up deals happening right now. For example, a couple of deals you may want to take advantage of, and these are good deals. Uh, The first one, the Anchor PowerPort 3 60 watt USB-C fast charger. This is an Amazon Prime Day launch, even though you can buy it right now before Prime Day. 40 bucks and it has a 10% off coupon that you just click on in order to take advantage of it. So $36, 60 watts, fast charger, USB-C. Not only is this good for a smartphone or a tablet even, or an iPad Pro, this is powerful enough to charge a 15 inch MacBook Pro, a 15 inch laptop. So if you want to have an extra charger that you can just throw in your bag and leave in your bag, pick this up, $36 with the coupon. I will leave a link down in the show notes. It's a Prime Day launch, brand new product from Anchor. And this is the kind of thing I look for on Prime Day when I'm doing my shopping. If you're looking for some new headphones, noise canceling wireless headphones, the new Jabra Elite 85H, $299, a Prime Day launch as well. You couldn't get these anywhere before Prime Day, except you can get it right now since Prime Day isn't happening yet, but it's a Prime Day launch, so it's one of those lead-up deals to Prime Day. Jabra makes fantastic noise-canceling headphones. These are over ears, $299, something to consider if you're in the market, and that's the thing with Prime Day. What are you in the market for? A lot of people go crazy on Prime Day just looking at all the deals, and they start buying stuff that they don't even really need, which I guess is another hearkening back to Black Friday, where a lot of people are buying things that they don't need. You can fall into the same trap on Prime Day. Quite honestly, a lot of it is not that exciting. I focus on the consumer electronics aspect. I think a lot of people do on Prime Day. All of Amazon's first party stuff is going to be discounted. You can get ring gear. When I say ring gear, I mean the ring doorbell, ring cameras. You can get Kindles. You can get Fire. TVs, Fire tablets, any Amazon first-party product you're going to get a great deal on 
but a lot of brands are also going to be doing their own deals. Another one that I know of is called Sengled, S-E-N-G-L-E-D. They have multicolor smart bulbs. You just screw them in. It uses the power of the socket itself to power the bulb and to power the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth in the bulb. They're going to be having a big deal happening on Prime Day itself. But again, there's plenty of deals out there. Think about the things you need. If you have birthdays coming up for children or family, or if you really want to do some early Christmas shopping six months early, Prime Day is a great opportunity to make that happen. But if you don't need anything, if you don't want anything, Prime Day is also easily ignored. So there you have it. That is Amazon Prime Day. It is a two-day sale, similar to Black Friday, lots of deals going on. If you log on to Amazon at 10 in the morning on Prime Day, then you come back at 11, you're going to see a whole bunch of new deals. Come back two hours later, even more deals. Old deals have gone. New deals have appeared, etc. Now, in addition, other companies are following Amazon's lead, and they are also doing their own quote-unquote Prime Day. Target's going to be doing deals that day. I'm sure Walmart's going to be doing deals. I'm sure pretty much any big-name online store is going to be doing deals on Prime Day because they need to compete with what Amazon is doing. They can't just sit back and watch everyone shop at Amazon for two days and ignore them. So they are also going to be doing deals as well. Best Buy, etc. So like I said, if there's things you need, things you want, Prime Day is a good day to keep your eye out. I'll be posting deals all day during Prime Day on my YouTube community tab, youtube.com slash gear live. Click on community, you'll see them there. And I will probably also send them over to Twitter as well. So I hope I've been able to answer the questions about Amazon Prime Day that people had. A lot of the questions that were sent in were pretty general, like what is Prime Day? What should I buy on Prime Day? But if you have any more questions, do hit me up on social media and I will do my best to answer them and point you in the right direction. Next quick bit of news, Johnny Ive, Apple's lead designer, chief design officer, is leaving the company after about 28 years working at Apple alongside Steve Jobs, now alongside Tim Cook. Last week was announced that Johnny Ive, Sir Johnny Ive, by the way, Sir Johnny Ive, he is a knight and I should address him as such. And actually, I've been seeing an interesting conversation online. Would you address someone who's been knighted as Sir? Sir Johnny Ive, Sir Elton John, etc. Or do you just leave that off? Because to be honest, I would not mind being called Sir. Although people People call me sir all the time when they don't know my name. I don't know. Just one of those weird, unique things that not many people have had the privilege of experiencing that being officially deemed a sir. But I digress. Johnny Ive is responsible for the design of pretty much every Apple product that you see in an Apple store. But on top of that, it's hard to deny the fact that Johnny Ive is also semi-responsible for design of pretty much modern consumer electronics on a whole by way of inspiration. I mean, you look at things like the original iMac, you could the Power Mac, you can the Mac Cube. I'm talking about design, not how these things function. Or if you liked iOS versus Android, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the design of products. Johnny Ive has a knack for designing products in such a way that a consumer, the average consumer out there, will see it as more than what it is. They see it as almost a piece of luxury, or in a lot of cases, they see it as this is how this thing is supposed to look. You see the iPhone, this is how a phone is supposed to look. I mean, we see this with the iPhone 10 a couple of years ago, 
they put this notch on it to house the front camera system and face ID. And the next thing you know, there are dozens, literally dozens of Android devices that start incorporating the same notch look without having the hardware inside the notch. Apple has a notch because they basically took an Xbox Connect camera and shrunk it down to fit into the bezel of a smartphone. But we see other competitors putting a similar notch in their phones. They don't have the face ID system, but they still want to put the notch on there because that's what people are looking for. Because people, the average consumer, looks at an Apple product and says that's what that product should look like. Look at the iPad. That's what a tablet should look like. You look at a MacBook, aluminum, glass, huge trackpad. This is what a laptop is supposed to look like. And then we see competitors mimicking And again, it's not that they're mimicking Apple, which most people are going to think. They're just copying Apple. No, they're copying design. It's the design. It's Apple's design. And Apple's design is made by Apple's lead designer, Johnny Ive. So people are worried. Is Apple going to lose the design edge that they've had for so many years? And I would make the argument back to you that that's the wrong question to ask. It's not about is Apple going to lose their design. Johnny Ive isn't the only person in the design department. Johnny Ive has a whole crew of people. And I'm sure Johnny Ive, after 28 years at Apple, has trained people who could replace him if something bad were to happen to him unexpectedly at any moment. Nobody's promised tomorrow. Oh, and by the way, Johnny Ive is still going to be working with Apple because as part of the announcement of his departure, it was also announced he's starting his own design firm and the first client is Apple. Now we've seen Johnny Ive work on special projects outside of Apple in the past, and I think that's really what's going on here. He's worked on big products like iPod, iPad, iPhone, the Mac, etc. The Apple Watch was the latest big one, and then the Apple Park headquarters building, but you have to think someone like him who loves designing something new probably doesn't get as much satisfaction in designing something iterative after designing something new. So designing the original Apple Watch versus designing next year's Apple Watch, which is going to be almost exactly the same. And then the third Apple Watch, which is still almost, it's pretty much the same. And then the fourth one gets a little bit of a change. Designing iteratively like that, when you are a true designer, I would assume would feel a little limiting. So now he gets his own design firm. Apple is a client. He can bring in other clients as well. And he can work on other things and start working on things that feel new and fresh again, rather than just working on, okay, well, here's an iPhone, and then next year's iPhone is going to look pretty much the same, but we're going to just tweak it here and there. I think Johnny Ive will be a lot happier with this new arrangement. But what I was going to say a minute ago, the question, the real question for me is, will Apple compromise now? Will Apple compromise design and user experience in order to sell services? A designer like Johnny Ive would be extremely frustrated in a scenario like that and could be one of the reasons that Apple didn't go down that path. With him leaving the company, that's the one question that I hope the answer will be no to. Apple should not compromise the experience, the design experience and the user experience that that design offers in order to sell services. We know Apple is becoming a services company. Hardware sales are dropping across the board, not just at Apple, but across the industry, the across the board in the entire industry, whether it's smartphone, whether it's PC, etc. So Apple is ramping up their services, things like Apple News Plus, Apple Arcade, Apple TV Plus, iCloud Storage, Apple Music, etc. Don't make things worse on the user 
so that they feel compelled to pay more for service subscription. Basically, don't take your eye off the ball, Apple. Make sure design stays on point. And by the way, Apple designs are locked in well in advance. So with Johnny Ive leaving now here in the end of 2019, I would expect his fingerprints are going to be seen on products that Apple releases through 2022 at the very least. But what do you think about Johnny Ive leaving Apple? Were you happy? Were you excited? Were you upset? Nervous? Let me know on social media how you feel about this story. And by the way, there is a seemingly bogus story out there that the reason he's leaving is due to extreme tension with Tim Cook because Tim Cook is not the visionary that Steve Jobs was, which that part I'm not saying is bogus. I don't think Tim Cook is the visionary that Steve Jobs was from a product perspective. However, I do think Tim Cook is a visionary when it comes to privacy and what Apple can contribute to society as it pertains to both privacy and healthcare. And I think that's going to be Tim Cook's legacy. But Apple and Apple experts have refuted a story claiming that the, one of the main reasons Johnny is leaving is due to his dissatisfaction with Tim Cook. In fact, Tim Cook said the story is absolutely absurd. They have a great relationship and they are maintaining a great relationship, which is why Apple signed on to be Johnny's first client at his new design firm. All right. After the break, we are talking about the upcoming Samsung Galaxy Note 10. Invites are out. I will be there on August 7th to be one of the first to get my hands on the device. Let's talk about the rumored features and specs. It's coming up next on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up. I'm Andrew Edwards, and it is now time for the National Car Rental Story of the Week. Big shout out to National Car Rental for sponsoring Geared Up. And by the way, if you're into tech and you also travel a lot, whether it's business travel or personal travel, you should check out my other show that I do with National Car Rental. That show is called Technically Speaking. And it's a show where I bring you all of my picks for the best travel tech gear to take with you when you're on a trip. Tech can easily make your travel more fun, more efficient, or even more productive. If you want to check out Technically Speaking, you can watch it over at the nationalcar.com control center or on YouTube at youtube.com slash nationalcarrent. The latest tech puts you in the driver's seat. National Car Rentals Emerald Club will keep you there. All right, on to the National Car Rental story of the week. We are talking about the upcoming Samsung Galaxy Note 10. As I mentioned, invites went out yesterday. I got my invite from Samsung to be present at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York on August 7th. So I will be there in just over a month for the announcement of the phone. But there's a lot of hype around this one. I've been seeing a lot of hype around the Galaxy Note 10 recently, mostly, I assume, because it's the only mass market smartphone device to have the stylus ship with it, the Samsung S Pen. And you may be thinking, why would I need a stylus? Why would I want a stylus? There are people out there that use these styluses all the time on a regular basis. And the Note series is so cool now with the stylus that the way they integrate the stylus with the operating system on Android and the smartphone features, these days you can take out your Galaxy Note 9, remove the stylus, and just start writing on the display even without turning it on. It'll just immediately notice the stylus, and the only thing that lights up on the screen is the parts where you're writing. And you're basically just using it as a little notepad right in your pocket. You can use that same S Pen to take pictures from across the room, so it can be your shutter, text selection, signing documents, etc. If you get an email with a PDF that needs to be signed, all you need to do is open the attachment, pull out the S Pen, sign the document, 
and send it right back. No need to print anything. No need to go to a computer to do this. No need to use your finger and do a super thick signature that doesn't really look like your signature. So the Galaxy Note line still does definitely have a place in the market, even beside the S Pen, quite honestly. Like when I use a Galaxy Note, I never take out the S Pen, but the Note itself is still a fantastic device. What about you? Do you use a Galaxy Note? And if you do, do you use the included S Pen or not? Feel free to let me know on Twitter at Andrew Edwards because I'm actually very curious about that. All right, on the inside of the Galaxy Note 10, we can expect to see the Qualcomm Snapdragon 855. That's their flagship processor right now. Same processor in the Galaxy S series. We're expecting to see a centered camera at the top. So a one hole punch camera, which means you're gonna have a hole in the display where the camera is under the display. So rather than having the camera in the bezel somewhere or having a notch, it's basically as if someone took a hole puncher and punched a hole right at the top of your display. So the pixels above it and around that hole are still there. And that's their way of minimizing the notch. Display should be 6.28 inches, so fairly large display. But the other rumor is that we're gonna actually see for the first time, two different Galaxy Note sizes. So there'll be a Galaxy Note 6.28 inches and then a Pro or a Plus model with a larger display, 6.75 inches. And that whole strategy is similar to the Galaxy S10 where you have the S10e, the S10 and the S10 Plus, three different sizes. We should be getting a couple of sizes here for the Galaxy Note 10. There are also rumors of 5G models. So 5G won't be a baseline feature, but you can get the 6.28 inch or the 6.75 inch version with 5G as well for an extra additional fee. Which kind of makes sense because 5G isn't really out there all that much. It's only in a few cities right now. So why pay extra for a feature that unless you live in one of these areas, you'll never use, or at least you won't be able to use for maybe another year where you might be wanting to upgrade your smartphone again. Triple cameras on back. So you have your normal telephoto lens, your wide angle lens, and then your ultra wide lens. And then the larger version, the 6.5 inch version should have a fourth sensor. That's a time of flight sensor as well, which is able to measure depth. So it'll be easier for it to do things like portrait mode and provide depth data, depth sensing data into your photos. Now, additionally, besides the Note 10, there are a couple of other rumors as well. The first is that we should be getting a date for the Samsung Galaxy Fold. In fact, just this morning, it was reported by Bloomberg that Samsung has announced that they have finished redesigning the Samsung Galaxy Fold. Now, if you missed out on that news, the Samsung Galaxy Fold is Samsung's folding phone with a foldable OLED display. So you can fold it in half and the display actually folds as well. When they sent out the review units to us, review units took a day or two, or in some cases, maybe three days to completely fail. Samsung Galaxy Fold devices were failing all over the place. Not everybody's failed, but the display was definitely very, very easy to break. It was defective. It was a defective product. And it's a product that should have never been sent to reviewers in the state that it was in. Samsung recalled all the review units and they went back to the drawing board to redesign the Galaxy Fold. And they're saying they're done with that process and the Fold is ready for consumers. So I would assume we're not gonna get a date for the Galaxy Fold until Samsung's event next month. They could surprise us and give us a date a little earlier, but my assumption, I'm, I'm putting my money on this and I could be wrong, it's a long shot, but I believe during the event, they'll say Galaxy Fold is ready and we are shipping them today. That would be a big deal if they did something like that. In addition, other unanswered questions 
what happened to the Galaxy speaker last year at the Samsung Note 9 event. They showed off a Bixby speaker. It's a smart speaker basically to take on Apple's HomePod a year later, and they've never talked about it again. What happened to this device? Answer that question. Tell us, Samsung, where is the Bixby speaker? Not that anybody needs a Bixby speaker, but if you're going to show it off, let us know where it is. Samsung should also be releasing some new smart home devices, new Bixby abilities, which should go well with that dedicated Bixby button on your Galaxy S devices and your older Galaxy Notes. But the newer Note 10 likely will not have that dedicated Bixby button, nor will it have the dedicated headphone jack if rumors are to be believed. But part of the announcement seems to focus on smart home integration, so I wouldn't be surprised to see newer Samsung smart hubs, whether it's routers, whether it's cameras, or some other type of smart home consumer electronic tech. Are you excited about the Samsung Galaxy Note 10? Is this a phone that has your attention? Or is it a phone that you completely ignore in favor of an iPhone or a Galaxy S line or even a Google Pixel? Hit me up, twitter.com slash Andrew Webbers. Let me know and I'll meet you there for further discussion. All right, up next is listener Q&A. But before we get to that, I need to tell you about TCL and Cut the Cord Day. National Cut the Cord Day is July 7th. TCL, one of my favorite consumer electronics brands out there, they make some excellent TVs that are value priced. They are giving away... Every day between July 1st and July 7th, seven TV prize packages. Now, let me be clear here. That's seven prize packages every day from the 1st through the 6th. And then on the 7th, they have one winner that wins a grand prize. Every prize package includes a TCL 4K Roku Smart TV, starting with a 49-inch TCL 4 Series Roku TV with Moku Blade Premium Antenna, all the way up to a 75-inch TCL 6 Series Roku TV with TCL Alto 7 Plus Soundbar, Mohu Blade Premium, Tableau Dual Light DVR, and gift cards for YouTube TV, Showtime, and Fandango Now. If you're ready to make the break from cable, celebrate Cut the Cord Day by making the switch to a TCL Roku TV. And if you want to enter the giveaways, hit the link down in the show notes of the podcast. Big shout out to TCL for sponsoring this episode of Geared Up. All right, on to listener Q&A. We're just going to jump right in. The majority of these questions came from YouTube, but I think one of them came from Twitter as well. Ryan Fries on YouTube asked, do you think that consoles will be dead after the next generation and go strictly digital? Do I think consoles are dying? I think consoles are changing for sure. As cloud infrastructure continues to get stronger and more powerful, we have less of a need for all that power to be in our home if we have the bandwidth to pull down the feed that the cloud processing is going to be doing. So we see things like Google Stadia. We see things like Xbox Project X Cloud. These are launching as part of the next upcoming console cycle. So we're still going to get a console from Microsoft. So it's going to be a new Xbox. It's going to be a new PlayStation 5. Nintendo will be reworking the Switch. We talked about that last week. But if we look into the future, six or seven years, will there be a follow-up console to these? I would still say yes. And the reason I'd say yes is because nothing is staying stagnant. For example, we're about to launch into the era of 8K television. That presents us with the opportunity for 8K gaming. Now, game streaming, when it launches later this year, we're going to be streaming at 720p 
in 1080p. Google Stadia says they'll probably be able to stream in 4K. I'm not sure what kind of bandwidth is going to be needed for that. I expect 1080p is going to be where most people land. In several years, maybe we'll get 4K gaming, but 8K streaming from the cloud to a TV, I'm not sure that we'll be able to do that. And I'm sure a console with all the power packed into a unit that would go under your TV or in your entertainment system with dedicated hardware plugged right into your TV, that's what's going to be needed to give you that fantastic lag-free 8K gaming experience with Dolby Atmos surround sound and all that. So that's just my guess. I don't think consoles are going away, but I do think they'll be changing. And I do think we will see, by the way, a lot of people move over to streaming gaming. Not everybody cares about 4k or 8k some people just want to pick up a controller open up an app play a game put the controller down and not have to worry about buying a 400 or 500 piece of hardware and the rumors are that the next xbox and playstation may even be more expensive than that maybe in the 600 to 800 realm next up modern day tech on youtube asks if you had all the money in the world what's the one piece of tech you would buy only one okay my favorite piece of tech that i've owned recently that I've bought recently is my Tesla Model 3. I consider it a piece of tech. It updates every couple of weeks with new features. It gets better every couple of weeks. It's super fun to drive around. Autopilot lets it drive itself around while you're paying attention at the wheel. It's also the most expensive piece of tech I've bought, but I don't know that if I had to clear out everything that I considered tech and then could only buy one thing back, if it would be the car. I feel like it would have to be the piece of tech that I use most. And I think this goes for most people out there. The piece of tech I use most is my smartphone. It's what I get the most value from. I use it for work. I use it for fun. I use it for leisure. It's an essential tool to what I do. And so I think if I had to choose one thing, it would be the, it would be my iPhone because I could still record videos on it. I could edit and publish videos from it. I can record this podcast on it and publish this podcast on it. I'd need something that would allow me to, as much as possible, continue my line of work, I guess. And so that's what it would have to be. It'd have to be the the iPhone XS. Now, if possible, I would buy the next iPhone before it was available to buy to consumers because I'd still be able to do everything with that newer phone, but in addition, I'd be able to use having access to it to make all sorts of exclusive videos and podcast shows, answering questions, going hands-on with the new iPhone that's coming out in three months' time. All right, next up, Crobenic, Kroby Nick. I don't know. I'm just guessing how you pronounce this. But he asks about exercise tech, losing weight, etc. I actually just bought a Peloton bike. And had a hard time choosing between the Peloton tread and the Peloton bike. They have a treadmill now. Um, I went with the bike first. Maybe I'll get the tread later. But I actually really enjoy it. And the reason I enjoy it is because it it is an exercise bike, but it is almost like a big piece of tech. It has a large display right in front of you. It's a touchscreen display. You can see all your stats. You can see leaderboards as you do things. You can see your progress over time. You can join in live classes with a live instructor or on-demand classes. Everything is tracked. Everything syncs to your phone. It's amazing. If it didn't have all those tech features, I would have no interest in it at all. But because it's such a piece of consumer electronic gear, I am all about it. And I almost can't get enough of it. You're supposed to do a class and then give yourself like a recovery time, maybe skip a day. Like I've done one every day and some days I've done a couple of them just because I think it's such a cool piece of tech. So Peloton bike, 
I'm all about that. Lesson handy on YouTube asks, some people believe the earth is flat. What do you think? Now, hey, I say when you send in a question, it can be about anything. It doesn't have to be about tech. Um, personally, my own personal belief, the earth is a sphere that orbits the sun with other planets that's part of the Milky Way galaxy. So, and I don't know if this is true, but I did hear recently that the original Flat Earth Society was started as a joke, and then people jumped onto the joke thinking it was serious, and they took it to the next level and made it into a thing where people actually believe the Earth is flat, and the sun and moon and planets are just flat disks that are very close to the Earth that just give off light, and that we're in some sort of large planetarium style environment with a dome over us with projections, etc. Last question, at Tech Rant Channel asks, which tech company is the most underrated and deserves more coverage? And let me think, I don't think any company deserves anything. Make a product and you get the coverage that you get because of it. Companies that I don't think get a lot of coverage that I like a lot though, would be companies like Sonos. I think Sonos makes fantastic gear. They were way ahead of their time when they launched like 15 years ago with whole home audio, which we're seeing everybody doing now for the past couple of years. But really, Sonos was the pioneer, and they kind of still are in that area. Sonos speakers are fantastic, and the Sonos service is great. And basically, you can play any music or any radio station or basically anything from any source on Earth. It's great. So Sonos is definitely one. When it comes to smart home gear, I'm a big fan of August gear, August smart lock, August doorbell, and the August home keypad. Those three together I think are the best smart home doorbell and lock system out there. And this next one does get press out there, but still a lot of people just don't realize that there's more to smartphones than just Apple and Samsung. And that'll be the Google Pixel. Google makes Android. Google also makes the Pixel. I'm not saying it's the best smartphone out there, but it is a strong alternative if you like Android and you want something cheaper than what Samsung sells because Samsung plays at the higher end of the market and get a Google Pixel 3a for $400. And even the flagship Google Pixel line is almost always going on sale. You can get those for a pretty good discount and have a great phone in your pocket with a fantastic camera for a cost that is a lot less than an iPhone or Samsung Galaxy device. And there you have it. That is this week's episode of Geared Up. Thank you so much for listening. If you're not already, you should subscribe to my YouTube channel to see my latest tech videos and tech reviews. You can do that over at youtube.com slash gear live. If you're listening to this episode of geared up and you're not subscribed, you can easily do that in your favorite podcast app. Just search for geared up two words, not one in your favorite podcast app, including Apple podcasts, Spotify, pocket casts, overcast, etc. wherever you listen, you'll find the show and you can subscribe right there to stay up to date on all future episodes. If you like what I do here, please do consider leaving a review on Apple or Spotify. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a Gear Live podcast and you can see more from us over at gearlive.com. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I'm Andrew Edwards and I will catch you in the next episode.